Children of Israel were delivered from Egypt through a process of 10 plagues. So Moses was chosen to lead the people out of Egypt. And God gave him a series of things to do or to take before the Pharaoh in order for him to uh, free the children of Israel. And over the course of 10 plagues, the children of Israel were released from slavery. If anybody reads, the slavery was pretty brutal. Uh, it got pretty challenging. It got even more challenging as Moses started his quest following God to free them from Egypt. And so as it went along and as Moses interacted with the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh just became more and more uh, incited and, and anxious that, you know, you guys are not going to, you guys are not going to, be free, and in a process, I believe, I believe of trying to get the children of Israel to not follow Moses, all the requests and the demands and the labor just became harder and harder and harder and harder. And so, over that process of being delivered from slavery, just keep in mind, and from the um, the unrighteous ruler, rulerment or government of the Pharaoh. The people were freed. Amen. So some 600,000 to close to 2 million people walked out of Egypt. Okay. And so a few days into that journey, something started to happen. So let's get there. Exodus chapter 15. And let's start at verse 22. It said, then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Morah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Morah, which means bitter. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord, help. And the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Morah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness in him. He said, if you will listen carefully to my voice, to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his, his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Okay, let's move over to Exodus chapter 16. And like I said, I'm going to roll through quite a few scriptures to get to our message for today. So bear with me. There is, a, there is a point to the madness a little bit here. Exodus chapter 16. Then the whole, verse 1. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin. Between Elam and Mount Sinai, they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. First was three days, now we're about a month and a half out. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. Keep in mind, they were delivered from slavery. They moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve, and to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. 
Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for the day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day they will gather food, and when they prepare it, they will be twice as, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, By evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, The Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Skip down to verse 26. Better yet, let's go to Exodus chapter 17. So, 600,000 people to 2 million people. You read a lot of different commentaries. 600,000 men, that's not including the women and children. And so, commentary says it's somewhere between, when you add all that up, somewhere close to 2 million people that God was providing for. 2 million people providing meat in the evenings, Bread in the mornings for two million people. Okay? Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Riphidim. But there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me and why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. Then, then the Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people, take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock of Sinai, strike the rock, and water will come, out, come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Exodus chapter 32, verse 1. When the people saw how long it took Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, Take the gold ring from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold from the ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it in the, in the shape of a calf. Verse 9. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them and I will destroy them. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation. So essentially, Moses went up on the mountains, and he was having a conversation with God, and for whatever reason, the people thought he had been gone too long. So they started to get anxious. So they went to Aaron and uh, convinced Aaron, or Aaron made the decision to make them a molded calf, a goat. A, and essentially a God to present before them and the God God. And God was not too happy about that. 
And so at that point, God was like, what in the world is going on? After all I've done up until this point, now I'm just going to wipe these people out because they're just not getting it. Okay? So Moses interceded as normal, like he would normally do. He would fall on his face. Moses and Aaron, they would go before God and say, hey, God, what do you want us to do? And God would give them instructions to do. And Moses interceded this time, and he kept God from destroying the children of Israel. So let's jump down to verse 27. So what happened was, as Moses came back down the mountain, God gave him instructions, and Moses told them, verse 27, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each of you, and he's talking to the Levites, take your swords and go back and forth from one, of, one end of the camp to the other. Kill everyone even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. The Levites obeyed Moses' command, and about 3,000 people died that day. Let's skip over to Numbers chapter 11. Verse, chapter, chapter 11, verse 1. Soon the people began to complain about their hardships, and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Verse 4, then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites, these were just people that were traveling along with them. Somehow they had joined a group, but they were not even Israelites. They had just kind of joined in the crowd there. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. Keep in mind, they were in slavery. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. Skip down to verse 18. God told Moses to say to the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow you will have meat. Keep in mind, it's almost two million people, right? You will have meat to eat. You are whining and the Lord heard you when you cried. Oh, for some meat. We were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat, and you will have to eat it. And it won't be just a day or two, or for five or ten or even twenty. You will eat it for a whole month until you gag and are sick of it. For you have rejected the Lord, who is here among you. And you have whined to him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? So, the people complained. Or they followed the foreigners, and then they jumped on the bandwagon of, of complaining about what God was providing. God was providing these people that just, on a day, and this is just me, and it doesn't say this in the scripture anywhere. On a day, it was like, okay, it's time to go. Couldn't, nobody, couldn't anyone make any plans or anything? Didn't nobody make no plans, anything like that? Remember, they had to go through a series of ten plagues. So they didn't know what day we was getting ready. To, we we're going to leave Egypt. So on a day, they was like, hey, y'all can go today. So everybody just kind of up, gathered what things they could gather, and we walked out of Egypt. 600,000 to 2 million people. They didn't make any plans. They didn't have any food. They just, hey, what did we get? We left. And so God had, over the course of some time, he had provided for all these people as they just moved out. He provided manna for them. He covered them from the elements, essentially. He was guiding them by day and by night. So the people didn't move unless God said, move. They were following the cloud. They were following the fire. So when the cloud lifted, they left. So all of their direction, all of their provision, all of their covering was in their instructions through Moses to them. 
And you might say, why in the world were they complaining then? We'll get there. Okay? So let's go down to verse 31. And you might say, what in the world has this got to do with me? We ain't in Egypt. Okay, we'll get there too. Now the Lord sent a wind that brought quail from the sea and let them fall all around the camp. For miles in every direction, there were quail flying about three feet above the ground. So the people went out and caught quail all, day, all that day and throughout the night and all the next day too. No one gathered less than 50 bushels. Just think about that. Two million people. Everybody had, a, everybody had 50 bushels of quail. How big is a bushel? Okay, 50, imagine 50 of them. How many trucks would that fill up? That's a lot of quail, right? Everybody, I don't know if every individual, I just put that in there. Could have been every family. But even at that, my family, I got a family of four. What would we do? Okay, 50 bushels of quail. They said that was almost commentary. That was almost a one and three quarter tons of quail per person. 2,000 pounds. That's close to 2,000 pounds of quail per person. Is that provision? That's provision, man. For everybody, that was provision. But was it good provision? We'll get there. For two million people, 50 bushels of quail. All right, Numbers chapter 12. Yeah, bro, I said it's like a slow moving. It's all right. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. While they were at Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, has the Lord only spoken through Moses? Hmm. Notice, they started complaining about what? Needs. Oh, man, we need some water. It's progression. Their complaints are progression, progressing. So what happened to Miriam? Anybody remember? She became leprous. God came down and said, hey, Moses, you, Aaron, and Miriam, come here. And God gave him a talk. And he left. And Miriam became leprous. It's white as snow. Remember, God was Moses, I mean, not God, Moses was God's chosen man, right? God was talking to Moses. He wasn't necessarily talking to the people. All his interactions were with Moses. That's where all his instructions came through. Moses. Okay? Numbers chapter 14. Verse 1. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country to have us die in battle? Our wives and little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Go back to slavery? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader. Remember, the leader was speaking directly to God and go back to Egypt. Verse 10, I'm going to speed up a little bit. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. And this is after the spies, after it sent some people into the promised land of Canaan to see what it was like. And the people came back, and Joshua and Caleb said, hey, let's go. It's a land good for us. And then the other ones was like, oh, we don't want to go there. We're going to get wiped out. There's no way we're going to possess this land and gave a bad report. And so the people was like, wow. So we've just been better out to die out here or whatever or die in Egypt because we ain't going to get there. 
And so the people rose up and started complaining because they didn't have confidence through the report that they could inherit the promised land. So they talked about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them, I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a great into a nation greater and mightier than thee. That's the second time God said he ought to, he ought to wipe them out, right? Because of their complaining against him. Let's go to verse 20. Then Moses interceded as normal. Then the Lord said, because of Moses' intercession, Moses had the relationship with God. Then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested. But as surely as I live and as surely as this earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed in both Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They would never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others. He has remained loyal to me. New King, New King James Version said that they did not or they, did, they were disobedient ten times. It just says in this version again and again. But in the New King James Version, it mentions they disobeyed like ten times. So of the things that God was asking them to do up until this point, they had disobeyed or they had acted in unbelief ten times. So it's like again and again, I'm giving you stuff to do, but you won't do it. After all of my provision, after all I've done, after all of my protection. Number 16. One day Korah, the son of Izar, I believe, a descendant of Kohath, son of Levi, conspired with Datham and Abram, the sons of Elip, and own son of Peleth from the tribe of Reuben. They incited a rebellion against Moses. Remember, God and Moses got the relationship. Along with 250 other leaders of the community, all prominent Members of the assembly of the assembly, they united against Moses and Aaron and said, you have gone too far, brother. The whole community of Israel has been set apart. And he is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of the Lord's people? Wow. That's a serious challenge, isn't it? Who are you? So there's chatter in the tribes. Moses giving all the instructions. So all of a sudden, it's like, who is this dude? Why is he? Who is he to get to do all the saying and the going and the doing? Verse 31 through 35. So essentially, God gave Moses instructions again, and he told him what to do. He said, all right. Y'all go do this, and we'll go do this, and then God's going to decide who's right, essentially, before him. Moses had, this is verse 31, Moses had hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them. And he's talking about Korah and On and, and them, them cats. The earth opens its mouth, and swallowed the men along with their households and all the followers who were standing with them and everything they owned. So they went down alive into the grave along with their belongings. The earth closed over them and they all vanished 
from among the people of Israel. All the people around them fled, I bet so. When they heard the screams, verse 35, then fire blazed forth from the Lord and burned up the 250 men who were offering incense. Numbers chapter 20, verse 2. There was no water for the people to drink at this place. How many times have we heard about some water? This is the third time, okay? Had God supplied water the first two times? He did, all right? So this is the third time they they whining about water. There was no water for the people to drink at that place. So they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Think about this. So what were they saying? They were saying because we ain't got no water to drink. We would have rather the earth opened up and swallowed us just like it did those people that rebelled against Moses. What kind of thinking is that? Because I ain't got some water to drink. God just wiped me out. Just let me just and go and scream and close it up. Or burn me up with fire. So, just giving you some context here. So, if only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers, why have you brought this congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all of our livestock? Verse 9. Moses went before the Lord as usual. So Moses and, the, and the God gave him some instructions. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron, some of the people together around to come and gather around the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. I like Moses excited. Must we bring water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff, and water gushed out, so that the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. But if you look at verse 12, the Lord was not happy. He said, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land that I'm giving you. So, essentially, God told Moses to do what? He told him, speak. Speak to the rock, and the water will come out. My, what I think happened, I think Moses got a little, he was getting to the place that he's like, man, I'm, I'm tired of these folk. And he just got a little excited. And in that, he, he hit the rock instead of doing what God told him to do. Because he, had, he had got a little, I think he got a little angry. He got a little tired, probably, of the complaining. He got a little, man, this is a, again? And in that, I think he got the instruction of the Lord mixed up. Because remember, he had struck the rock before, right? Isn't that when he was back, way back, the first, the second time they talked about the water, he struck the rock. That's what God told him to do, strike the rock with his staff. But then he did that again, but the guy, that wasn't what God told him to do. He told him to speak. And God wasn't happy about that. So after all these, all this time, all, it wasn't a whole lot of years, it was a couple years, but after all this intercession for the people and going before God and asking for forgiveness and whatever, Moses ended up not going into the promised land either. Because in a, in a time of whatever he was had going on, he didn't follow God's command. I think maybe he was starting to complain about that people. I mean, these people are all, wow. They just ain't. All right, so Moses didn't get to go in. None of the people got to go in. Anybody 20 years old and 
greater than 20 years old when the spies came. They didn't get to go in. So the children of Israel, they stayed in the wilderness 40 years because essentially they didn't trust God. They didn't follow his commands. The first two scriptures I read, or the first two scriptures I read, had a, had a word in it. What was it called? God said it was a test. He said, I'm going to test them to see if they do what I want them to do. And he said it again in the next chapter. I'm going to see if they, I'm going to see if they, I'm going to test them and see if they're going to do what I want them to do. Okay? So, in commentary, they said that this, this trip was only like 300 miles. And they said on a normal walk, they said you should have been able to get from leaving Egypt to the promised land in like 30 days. And it took them 40 years because of their complaining, because of them not doing what God told them to do. So my thing is, God don't like complaining. God does not like complaining. Because for him, it's unbelief. If you're complaining against my provision, if you're complaining about what's going on around you right now, we as believers, we're bought with a price. God I mean, we're, we're God's chosen people, just like the children of Israel now. God chose them people. He chose the Israelites. They were God's chosen people. We are God's chosen people. Right? So, he expects them to listen to what he wants done and do it because he said, I'm going to take care of you. You, you're chosen. You're my elect. You've been bought with the price. You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That was a precious price. You don't have no, we, we don't have no reason to think that whatever's going on around us ain't going to work out. Because Christ paid for it all. So we back up and say, so why did the children of Israel complain? I don't know. But I think, I think a little bit of it was legitimate. Remember, the relationship was with who? God and Moses. Right? The Bible says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Did they have the spirit of God? Did them two million people have the spirit of God? No. They just had to follow. It wasn't like God, when we, when we accept Jesus Christ, the spirit of God lives in us and the spirit of God is our helper our discerner, our God teaches us all things. They just, they just up and say, hey, Moses, say, all right, it's time to roll. They just had to roll, gather their stuff and get in the wilderness. They didn't think, what are we going to eat out here? What are we going to drink out here? Man, this show is hot. Man, them mosquitoes is biting. What are we going to? So the flesh. And I think that's all they had. It's just me now. I could be off. Pastor will correct me if I am. But I think they were just, oh, they, they, were, they were dealing with the instructions of God purely through the flesh. And I'm not saying that's right, wrong, or indifferent, but I'm just thinking for that, I'm thinking so. We can't, I think we can't just look at them and say, man, they, they, they were just horrible people. Yeah, they saw some great signs and wonders. They saw God's provision right there in effect. And I'm not making an excuse for it. What I'm saying is, God don't like complaining. We got a better covenant through Jesus Christ. Right? Remember, that's the Old Testament. God ain't going to put the plague on nobody no more. God ain't going to consume people with fire no more. God ain't going to open up the earth and just swallow people up anymore. God sees us through Jesus Christ. So as pastors have been ministering for the last few weeks, what are we? We're his righteousness. So that's what we're seeing as. So God ain't going to necessarily 
do that. So let's clean this up. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm a, the earth going to swallow me up. I just complain. Yes. No, that ain't what's going to happen. That's the Old Testament. That lets you know the heart of God. God didn't play. He did not play with complaining and unbelief. He don't like it. That's, that's what it was. This, so this is an example to let you know God don't like complaining. He don't like unbelief. It's the same. Even though we're seen through Jesus Christ, God still, he don't like playing, complaining, and he don't like uh, unbelief. We have a better covenant with him in that he ain't going to wipe us out because of the sacrifice of his son so that we're always right with him. He ain't going to wipe us out, but this complaining and unbelief affects our lives. God don't like it. Okay? So, All right, so let's get back to that. When you talk about complaining and unbelief, what did, you, what did you see in all that? I read all that for a purpose. So what did you see in all that? Because oftentimes, unbelief doesn't always show up as complaining. Complaining is an outward expression of it, but does it always show up as complaining? Not necessarily. So... What was the first thing they complained? Why were they complaining first? They didn't have no water. So what's that? They had some unmet needs, right? Man, I need some water. I need some provision. I need some food. Lack of, lack of control. They wanted to know what was going on. Hey, where did, where did Moses go? Is he coming back? We don't know what's going to happen to us. We're out here in this wilderness. We don't know what's going to happen, so lack of control. Wrong expectation or lack of expectation. Like I said, they just walked out. Do you really think they thought about what was going, what was in that, what was in this, this trek we was just getting ready to go on? They probably didn't have an expectation. They probably just said, hey, somebody said we were free. Hey, let's go. We're free. We ain't got to... Go get straw and build, make these brick and get whipped out. We ain't got to do that more. Let's go. So they probably didn't really think about. They didn't have an expectation. And sometimes that gets us. What do you expect, man? Or what did you expect? Or did you expect anything? Fear. Think they was a little scared? Yeah, hey, man, we got our babies out here. We got our families out here. What in the world's going to happen? How are we going to get to the promised land? Oh, man, there's giants there. So, yeah, oh, giants? <laughs> Whoa. Man, you said giants? Lack of submission to authority. Challenging authority. Who is Moses? We're all, hey, why are we listening to you? We're all God's elect. Remember now, God won't speak to nobody but Moses. But somebody raised up in the group and said, hey, man, we all, shoot, we ain't got to listen to him. And he was able to get people to follow. Does that happen this day and time? And Moses, it, it didn't say he was just the nuncompumps that they got to follow. They said these were prominent people. These were leaders. They, they got to come along. Hey, we all, shoot, we can lead ourselves. We're not listening to Moses. Discontent. Why we got to keep eating this manna, God? Why can't we get some meat? This manna, we're tired of this stuff. We don't make these potatoes all week. We're going to get something else to eat. Jealousness. Resentment, rebellion. Who put you in charge, Moses? Why you can even is even Miriam? Why, you know? <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? Who told you you can do you can do that? Displeasure, anger. I'm sure some of them were just upset because they just didn't know what was going on. Or they didn't have control of what was going on. Or through resentment or discontent or something, they were just mad that this thing ain't going. When we walked out, this ain't what I expected. I expected this to be easy. 
we're free. How many times when you hear the word free, people, all often, people often put on there, oh, that's easy. Ain't nothing easy about free. There's, there is. There's something else to it. Free, easy. They don't, they don't always go together. But that's freedom. Oh, it's going to be easy. The herd mentality, following the crowd. People, the world, I, used to, I call it a rabble, the world. The world saying, hey, you Christian folks, what in the world y'all doing? Doing that for it. And granted, why? So they're getting us excited. So somebody from the outside, they ain't even supposed to be in the, in the trek. They got the people upset, riled up, heard. Let me, let me speak this. And then it just anxiousness, frustration, worry. And is this really fair? Is it fair that Moses get to do? Is it, is it fair that, man, we're the elect and we are here in this wilderness, people dying off? Is it really fair? This don't seem right. Seems like if God was going to take care of us, this thing would just been smooth. So what does that mean for us? Are those legitimate feelings that we, some of us have sometime today or can have? Let's put it this way, can have. They're legitimate. We can be discontent. We can be anxious. We can be a little fearful. We can even rebel against authority sometimes. Why well, I got to wear this doggone mask? Man, I'm all right. Yeah, I went on mask. What, is, what, is, what does he know? What does the governor know? What is, I mean, don't he know I'm trying to make a living? Don't he know I can't breathe with this thing on? What I got to wear this mask for? Hmm? I'm sorry. I just had to go there. <laughs> president Trump, that's your president. It ain't my president. And then it just goes on and on and on and on. What does it say in Romans 13? It says all authority comes from God. There's no authority that doesn't. He said, if you rebel against authority, you will be subject to judgment. He didn't say whether you like them or not. He just said authority. He said, God put all authority in place for a reason. Whether you like them, don't like them, or whatever. Who are we? Who are we to complain of against authority that God's put in place? Had, had God, when you read this Bible, had God used, did God use bad people? There are a lot of bad people in there. But they're in there to get us to a place to where God wants us. We don't know, we don't know what God's doing through the president or through his administration or through uh, Governor Cooper. We don't, we don't know what God's necessarily doing. So who are we to complain against it? Well, what you're saying is, is Moses? Why, why Moses? Why the president? So I ask you, and I challenge you, are we... As believers, I ain't talking about the world. The world going to do what they're going to do. As believers, should we be at the table of complaining? I'd say God don't like it. So I'd say we shouldn't be at the table. And how many of you know there's plenty of stuff to complain about? It's daggone coronavirus. It's messing up my summer. I can't even go take a vacation. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. I ain't got no job. Now, the, the job I got, I, this old boss, man, that, that cat's crazy. I can't, I can't get ahead. That old boss, he won't get me. Is the boss authority? Is the boss authority? Boss is authority. I'm unemployed, and with the corona, ain't nobody hiring. I ain't going to be able to get a job until 20 years. I don't know how I'm going to get my needs met. Who's your supplier? Not supplier, provider. Who's your provider? Who's our provider? Hmm? Man, I ain't going nowhere, man. This coronavirus, people dying every day. Shut the doors. I ain't, I ain't going out the house. Hey, job, I ain't coming. I'm going to close. I ain't, I ain't going nowhere. 
God said we have a spirit of fear. Them folk. I can't get ahead because of them folk. Them folk over there got all the jobs. Them folk over there, they can't get a job, but they're keeping me from getting a job. Them folk, they won't hire me because I'm, I'm one of them folk. They, I can't get, I can't get, a, they always going to get a promotion to them folk. Who's your provider? Who's our provider? And them police. All they're gonna do is 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 is, is, is that's all they ain't good for nothing. Is the police authority? Are they part of the governing authority? I'm talking about believers now. As believers, should we be worried about the police? I'm just asking. So all I say in that is we got a lot of opportunity to complain. We do. Just like, it, just like the world. There's tons of opportunity to complain. Tons of opportunity to complain. All I want to get you to is this. God don't like complaining. And for what Christ Jesus did for us on the cross... We do not have a right to complain. Complaining is a sign of outward expression of unbelief. And even though the earth ain't going to open, you ain't going to get no plague, God ain't going to consume you with fire, it stops you in your tracks. How are you going to believe God to meet your needs if you won't believe God to keep you from catching coronavirus? How are you going to believe God to take care of you and protect you if you won't honor the authority that he's put over the land and do what they tell you to do? How are you going to believe God if all you can do is complain about the um, School system or whatever, which, again, are they not authority? Complain about the school system. How are you going to believe God? So what it does is it just, what the Bible said, double-minded man is what? He's unstable. So one, one minute you're in, in one minute you're in faith, one minute you're out of faith. One minute you're in faith, one minute you're out of faith. That's challenging for God. God's like, hey, am I not God? Moses went before God, and when God said, hey, I'm going to rain down, I'm going to feed them, just tell the people I'm going to feed them meat for a month. Moses was like, how in the world are we going to feed people meat for a month, God? You know how many people is out there? It's over 600,000 people. Where in the world are we going to get meat from to feed all these people? They're going to take every cow, goat, lamb that we can, eat, we can ever. And God said, is my arm too short? And I think God's telling us that today. Why is that thing, that thing that's in your heart, you might not be saying it out of your mouth, but that thing that's in your heart that's, that's putting you into a little bit of unbelief. You might be whatever, one of them words, and God's saying, is my arm too short? It might not look, look like what you want to look like. It might be manna. Well, I don't want no manna. Okay. What you, what you say, you don't want God's provision? Remember, we don't necessarily tell God how to take care of us. God takes care of it. He's the provider, right? It's, it's like, isn't there a scripture in there? It's like, who are you to tell me what I can do with what's mine? So I can provide for you. It might not look like what you think it ought to look like, but I can provide for you. And so sometimes we get caught up in, well, that don't look right. God, why this man, I mean, we want some meat. This stuff is miserable. I don't want no more of this. I ate this. And so we had to be very careful. And it goes on and on. I got a big list of what we could complain about, and I just put three dots at the end. Because once I started thinking about it, I said, man, you, we could complain about anything. <laughs> we, the weather. We can complain. My boy's show is hot. I show we <laughs> Man, I think, boy, I wish it be. I wish it was winter. Man, this show is cold, boy. This snow, blah, blah, blah. I sure wish it was summer. But when, it good, when does it get good enough? You know, when, when did the provision get good enough? I'd, I'd say most of us probably got air conditioning. 
What's the problem? And I'm just I'm messing. I don't, I don't leave that alone. Oh, put the windows down or whatever. I grew up where we ain't had no air conditioning. So when it was like like earlier this week, they just tell you go somewhere and be still. Go be still and stay out the house. That's what they said. Don't come in the house until we say come in the house. Don't be bringing no heat in the house. Stay outside. And as kids, we couldn't come in the house when it was like this until it was time to eat and go to sleep. Go be still. You don't generate all that heat in the house. You know, I said, I didn't think he was that old. Yeah, okay. But anyway, we could complain about a lot of stuff. And so out of this, we need to, I want to make sure I'm very clear on a couple of things. I'm, I'm pushing it. Very clear on a couple of things. I use the Old Testament. And some people might say that's the Old Testament. But the Old Testament is an example. And Paul says it. I mean, we can go to the scripture, but I'm not. You can go to the scripture in uh, first, Second Corinthians, First Corinthians, one of them Corinthians chapter 10, where it says, don't be like, don't be like the children of Israel. They were an example. And so we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be complainers. We should be trusting God. And so, and we got to understand the Old Testament is also an example that, man, we got a better covenant, so we should be thankful. We need to be thankful that God don't rain down fire and swallow people up and put plague or allow plagues on people. We should be very thankful. That's the better covenant that we have through Jesus Christ. Christ has paid the price. So we're always right with God. We're always right with God. We're always right with God. But our actions sometimes can limit our actions sometimes can limit what God wants to get us to a place or limit what we can do for God because we just we get stuck and it gets us gets us in a bad spot and we got to get beyond it and the only way we got to only way we can get beyond it is somehow we got to acknowledge that we got to realize so this message today is to get you to step back and think about man am I am I complaining or maybe you say I don't complain well, am I discontent am I fearful am I anxious Am I not submitting to authority? And man, that's a big one to get over to the kids. They don't get this submitting to authority thing. Some of them, they think they can challenge authority all the time. I'm like, you can. It might not get what you expect, but you can. There's a place to challenge authority. And you got to have a relationship. We don't want to work on them too. We just want to blah, 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 blah. Okay. Thank you. And that gets you something you don't want. So we got to get to this place where, hey, everything ain't about just being able to say whatever you want to say. And so when we get around those tables in our workplace and we get around those tables out in our neighborhoods, we got to be, Spirit of God, let me know if, let me know if there's some complaining going on. I want to get out of that conversation or I just want to be quiet. The easiest thing I found to do is when somebody say, for example, president's always a hot topic everywhere you go. Somebody start talking about the president. I ain't got nothing to say. Don't talk about it. Got nothing to say. And so somehow we gotta we gotta find our place in those conversations and get from the table. Time me go. See y'all. Start talking about coronavirus or whatever. And it and it ain't nothing wrong with having a conversation. But when it gets over into hey, God's something saying God ain't providing, He ain't taking care of me in this. You want the spirit of God to say, oh, hey, 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 buddy. Hey. Then you got to shut it down. Okay, that's, that's, that's all of that. And so let's be very careful because unbelief, I use it as complaining, but it's really unbelief. It erodes our witness because if you're out there complaining to everybody, how in the world are you going to turn right around and say, God is good if all you can do is complain? And they don't hear that. And that's what the world is twisted up about is sometimes that's how we roll. And they're like, hey, what you, what we just, didn't we just have a conversation the other day? And so it arose our witness, arose our confidence to move forward. It arose our belief that, God, you got it all, you know. And sometimes you guys just say, hey, I'm trusting God. Whether it looks like it or not, I'm trusting God. 
If you ain't got nothing, if you don't know nothing to say, just say, I'm trusting God. And leave it at that. God come. If you if it just just say that. Alright, so I'll leave you with this. Last scripture. Now I'm at eleven o'clock. Let's go to Psalms thirty four. And I'm gonna leave you there. Got about two pages of notes, so like curl, there's a few that probably need some remedial. Curl, uh, you guys stay over. Uh, Father, Uncle Mike, wait, let me just miss it. You didn't get it, did you, Carol? All right, Psalms 34. And this is the last scripture of the day. You guys out there watching online, this is it. Trust me. Then we're going to take up offering and we're going to be done. It says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. So what we should be doing when we got these feelings, these feelings that could lead to unbelief, it's okay to have them, but let's take them to God. Not take them to, to people. Not take them out there to the world. God, God, he said, I care for you. Bring all your cares to me because I care for you. So it ain't nothing wrong with it, but we need to be taking it to God, not spitting it out of our mouth in the mocks of everybody. So God said, it says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles, for the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see, the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong lions, sometimes they go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Pray for the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one takes refuge in him. We'll be content. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So last thing I'll say about this message is this. Remember I kept saying that God was speaking directly to Moses. And so that provided some difficulty for the children of Israel. Through the Spirit of God, we have a relationship with God. God speaks directly to us. We ain't got to wait for God to speak to somebody else. So you don't have to be patiently waiting to get some kind of answer. God said, come to me. You, each one of us can come to God individually and get what we need. That's the better covenant that we have through Jesus Christ. Those two million people, they had to wait on Moses. So it's like they're getting a little antsy. Well, we don't have to wait on anybody. We can go directly to God ourselves, and God will take care of us.
because he loves us. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.